All righty. Well, good afternoon. Good evening. Thank you so much for joining us. This evening, four-time Pro Bowl. What happened? Okay, <laughs> okay we're back. Uh, much for joining us this evening. It's a pleasure to have you here. Hey, thank you. Uh, I'm, uh, we're kind of going in now, but I think we're good now. Uh, it's my okay. pleasure uh, to be with you guys. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. Thank absolutely. you for coming on, Kenny. Uh, wonderful to have you and uh, really excited about talking about uh, some of your endeavors, not only uh, with children, uh, your books, but uh, just a, a very uh, productive member of, uh, of your community and help so many people. So we're going to uh, be excited to cover uh, your life. Absolutely. So let's go ahead and get started. If you would not mind just telling us about your childhood. We know you're from Texas and what that was like growing up there. So I'll give you the kind of quick version and one I'll start off saying very few people call me Kenny anymore. It's a thing. You can do it. You're one of the few. So you know people people out in this area know not to call me Kenny. I there's just a special group. So thank you. You can do that. Um oh, you can my apologies. No, no, please call me Kenny. I expect it from you. I just said that, that right's only reserved to very few people and you're one of them. So that's that's thank good. You, um, hey, I grew up in Austin, Texas. I mean, you know, two family, two parents, uh, both of them are still alive. Uh, you know, been married for 50 plus years and uh, seven or six brothers and sisters, one of seven. Um, you know, kind of a quiet introvert. Uh, didn't necessarily want to play football, played football because I was a TV-aholic. My parents were like, you need to get your butt out the ha house and do something. And so I started playing football. I end up, unfortunately, uh, not in a bragging way. I, I dropped out of high school. Um, a lot of that was kind of due to being an introvert, not kind of knowing what I wanted to do, but also not really having a focus. Uh, and then I ended up going back to school, finishing up, going to a junior college out in Oakland, California, getting a scholarship from uh, Oakland, California, Laney Junior College to the University of California, Berkeley, going from Berkeley to getting drafted to the pros, 12th pick, first round, and then playing 11 years uh, uh, wow. and going to the Pro Bowl for four years. Yeah, what a decorated history. Thank you so much for sharing all that. That's really awesome. Thank you. You Is know, it, can you, I, remember, I remember you as a number one uh, pick first round. Was it 87, 88? What 88. I remember this... Uh, this very raw, talented, but tremendous skill set, uh, a pass rusher uh, out of California. And I remember you and I, we would go head to head against one another. Oh. And I would always I would always tell you, man, if there was ever anyone that I can compare with LT, mm. had that kind of skill set, the LT skill set, it was you. Wow. And I would try to coach you on what to do when you in your pass rush move. Do you remember any of that? I do. Uh, I mean, if, and that's what that's what a lot of people don't realize is that a lot of times players are made better by the players they practice with, right? And so in practice, you know, you would we would battle all the time. And, and, and rewind the tape a little bit. 
in the in the beginning, because I got drafted, uh, the coaches with the with the Cardinals, they didn't know what to do with me. They were like, "Well, you're not big like a defensive end, so maybe you're a third down cover guy." And I had to go and like, you know, let me pass rush, let me pass rush, and then we would battle. And I remember you beating me, but then you would say, "Hey, man, this is what you were doing wrong. This is what you could do to get better." And that's that's mentorship, right? That's 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 what makes a team better. That's what makes a player better. So that was kind of the start. And those encouraging words uh, meant meant a lot back then. Yeah. And, you know, I'll never forget, uh, we ended up playing the Washington football team. There you go. You and I got the battle. <laughs> you remember that? You remember that? We, yeah. It's, it's, it's funny. It's, uh, you know, we kind of both knew our own skill sets. And so we knew how to battle on each other. But uh, that's the fun part of it. Yeah, that, that was fun. Uh, that was fun. I, I'll never forget that. But, you know, I always took great pleasure uh, in, in seeing you succeed. Uh, making the uh, Pro Bowl four times, you know, sadly, we let you go or you got away from us somehow. I don't know how. Uh, that, a story. That seemed to be the norm with the Cardinals. I can think of uh, uh, Tim McDonald, Gary Jay Novacek, you know, it was a Jay list Novacek. of uh, So many, you know, players that went on and helped other cities, other teams reach the Super Bowl, you being one of them. But I always felt very proud that I was a part of your success um, in the NFL. Well, you know, I appreciate it. Look, it's it's um, you know, you, you've been. I was blessed, right? And and like you said, I had a lot of natural skills and abilities. I was I was strong for my size. I was fast for my size, but a lot of it was raw talent, and uh, and and it's molding the talent. So a lot of it was the coaches, the players along the way, and and I was fortunate enough that uh, you know, right place at the right time, and that 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 goes way back to me dropping out of high school, the story that goes from there. So, yeah. Yeah. And I love that. I love that resilience that you showed really over the years, you know, and we see it in high school when you had those situations, but you still, even in an unconventional way, ascended to the heights of the National Football League. So I think that that's a really inspirational uh, component as well. And I want to know from your times um, at the Cardinals, do you have any favorite memories that you'd like to share? Anything that really is notable for you during that time in the Valley of the Sun? Well, I'm going I'm to I'm rewind the tape a little bit, go kind of off script, but it's, it's probably important and it's not a sermon, but this is kind of how it happened. So I dropped out of high school and I'm lost. Like a lot of people, you're lost and you don't know what you're supposed to do. And you're, you're like, God, what am I supposed to do? And so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not super religious. My parents went to church every day. We had a real strong praying grandmother and I'm praying. I'm like, God, you know, cause I'm feeling like the loser, the worst person in my life. You know, you go place and everybody's like, you're too big. You look like a dropout in high school. What are you stupid? You're dumb. And so I'm on my knees and I'm praying. I'm like, God, you know, I don't know what to do. What, what am I supposed to do? Just give me a sign. Give me a purpose. Give me a reason that I'm supposed to be yeah. doing something. And to the point of, you know, me trying to take my own life to say, you know, I don't want to live. And so um, it didn't work because obviously I'm alive. But but I had a dream and it felt like God was saying to me, you have a destiny. You have a purpose. You have a reason for your life. Now, I didn't know what that reason was, what that purpose was, but I knew Going back to school was part of the, the the deal, and so I ended up going back to school, and then from there to to college and and, and everything else. And so a lot of the uh, circumstances that I look at and say, "Wow, I was in the right place at the right time." You can see how it's God's hand kind of pulling all and putting out putting that all in place. And Amen. so here Amen. I am getting drafted, twelfth pick in the first round. The year I come out uh, was the year that 
they were looking for linebackers. So the first pick in the draft was Andre Bruce. So, you know, once again, everything was lined up. Me going to University of California, Berkeley, half of it was because my girlfriend's wife now, Janice, was there. The other half was because a, a linebacker, a guy named Hardy Nickerson, was on his way out. I was on my way in, so I knew the scouts would be looking at him. And since we both played linebacker, they were going to look at me. Right. So all of it kind of just started lining up together. I ended up getting drafted. Now, to go back to your question, I'm sorry I took up all that time. Yeah, please don't apologize. Very powerful story. Thank you for taking yeah. some time to respond. Sure. Uh, you know, memories, I, I just remember we didn't have a lot of fans <laughs> with, with the Cardinals because we had just yeah. moved there. You know, a team had just moved there from St. Yeah. Louis. So we had about 25,000, I would say, diehard fans. We, pra- we practiced in the, in the heat. That was, was dying. Uh, I remember our battles, you know, us in practice and going one-on-one and, and, and those battles. But what a lot of people didn't know, my first year, when I first got drafted, uh, I had played, well, two things happened. But one, I played basketball and came down on my knee wrong. And so the first two weeks of, well, about the first week, week and a half of practice, I couldn't feel anything below my knee on the one leg. And wow. so I was playing, dragging this one leg and trying to go into practice, but I couldn't tell anybody. <laughs> and so I went a week and then I, I told them like, I got hit in the knee and they drained it and all that stuff. Yeah. But but it was hurt before and I didn't want to tell anybody, but you know, still made the team. So. See that one more time, I'm sorry. Your, your first year when you hurt your knee playing basketball? Or? It was it was the first year it was before I got drafted. It was, it was when I when I showed up to training camp, my knee was swollen, but oh, wow. I didn't say anything. You know, you're right. scared because you like you don't want to tell anybody you heard it playing basketball, and so right. uh, and so it was swollen. And because I think the fluid was pressing against the nerve, I, you know, it was it was going numb halfway down, and so I was just grinding through and try to keep going, and so nobody okay. knew until. Let me ask you, Kenny, what do you think was the the, the main reason? why you ascended to the highest level and made the Pro Bowl four times uh, with the Washington football team after you led the Cardinals? Well, you know, one of the reasons is that Washington had a lot more visibility. They were coming off of the Super Bowl, so everybody was looking at the team. They were on TV a lot. When we played in Arizona, the games were blocked out all the time because we never sold out. And so the games were never shown on TV. Uh, so I go I go here with, with, the, um, with the Washington team, and then there were a lot of uh, good people just like you on the team that really helped me out. And so same thing, offensive linemen, you know, you're going against them. They're, they're teaching me. They're knocking me around, uh, learning from that. But then you got a lot more visibility. And that's the big thing. If, if players, when players vote, they're not watching the game because they're playing. And so, you know, they'll go and see highlight tapes and they'll go see the clips. And a lot of times if you have a team with with high profile, you're going to see a lot more highlights and a lot more clips. This is before all the TV channels. So, you know, yeah, makes a lot of reason. makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, it's interesting that you segued into the Pro Bowl appearances because I, too, just wanted to, you know, create space for you to share. I mean, four times in the Pro Bowl is, you know, obviously pretty remarkable. Is there any notable experiences you have from playing that number of times there? Well, so it wasn't. Well, there was an experience, but there's two. And I'll be real quick. One was interception. Right. I couldn't I couldn't catch. It sounds bad. but I couldn't catch a cold butt naked in Alaska. I mean, I, I had no hands. <laughs> And, and I caught a ball, an interception in the Pro Bowl, and I'm looking at the ball, and I'm like, what in the heck is this in my hand? 
and everybody's like, run. And I ran a bit, I ran it in for a touchdown. So that was, oh, wow. that was like one of two uh, interceptions in my whole career, 11 year career. But wow. the, the, the biggest thrill was that I took my, my family, my, my parents to the, to Hawaii with me. And uh, I, I forgot the quarterback, I think it was Warren Moon, uh, but it may have been somebody else, but it was a quarterback. And my dad was like, man, you know, this kind of like, there weren't, there weren't a lot of black quarterbacks. And my dad was like, hey man, you know, can, can you introduce me to him? And I went up to him, but I, I didn't tell my dad that I was talking to him. And I was like, hey, could you just say hello to my dad? And, and you know, just don't tell him I told you, just say hello to him. And my dad was like the biggest kid. And to see your dad become this kid you know, he's running around. Oh, he knew my name. How did he know my name? And I was like, that was the greatest feeling in the world. And so that, uh, to me, was, you know, memory. Yeah, beautiful. And that I remember us going to Hawaii and bringing along our grandparents, too. Do you have any notable experiences that you'd like to share from your two times? Well, you know, what I remember most, I, I remember playing with the Reggie Whites, the Jerry Rices, the Joe Montanas, the Mike Singletary's, right. uh, the Steve Jordans. Um, and of course, you know, having family uh, an entire week, uh, all expenses paid, uh, hanging out. You don't you don't really practice. You hang out at the beach uh, all all weekend long, spend time with family. And uh, really, it's uh, it's really a, a rewarding, very rewarding uh, experience when you spend that week. And, and, and most of all, the fact that your very peers select you as one of the best in the league yeah. to represent them at that game. That's really right. great. I feel yeah, tremendous the, testament. Absolutely. That, that, I was I was just on the back of that. Yes. The, the know that the players that you play with think that you're one of the best. Yeah. Uh that to me means a whole lot because uh, you know, one of one of the greatest things I did here at the Pro Bowl was like some guy and and he's like he's like, Hey, yeah, I, I, I don't I don't remember your name, but you that guy that that never quits. You that guy that never gives oh. up. Yeah. And it's like, if you want to be known for something, that's a cool way to be known, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. That to me was good. Right. And, you know, another thing, LT gave me his 1990 Pro Bowl jersey after the game. And the reason he gave me the jersey was, he said, to honor the dog fights. He said I was one of the better offensive tackles that blocked him. So in, in honor of our battles, he gave me, and I still have, uh, the yeah. Pro Bowl, his uh, Pro Bowl jersey from uh, 1997. Yeah, that, that's like a family heirloom. That is yeah. like a family heirloom. <laughs> Truly, yeah. I, I mean, that's that's a legend, right? And oh, and to be associated with those legends, that that's so cool, right? Yeah, and speaking of being associated with legends, excuse me, part of Sharp Talk really is to also highlight friendship. So we talk about faith, family, football, we have fun and we talk about friendships. And so you all have gotten the opportunity to really be friends and foster relationships with some legends right here in our generation. And so Ken, I know you um, had a very special friend of yours who did some of the illustrations for your books. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, and I'll say like there's there's always I mean you have tons of friends and and I've had guys that you play with those are your your partners and so I you know I'm not disrespecting anybody in particular but there's always one or two people that kind of was that person uh, there was one guy in college Don Nobles who we're still friends to this day every day you know we talk uh, Anthony Bell when uh, who played uh, who was a linebacker AB taught taught me a lot and uh, and then. Uh, Terry Crews, when I played, when I came to Washington, uh, a guy named Terry Crews, who's now America's Got Talent in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and just doing so many things. Uh, when I was playing and him being an artist, um, I wanted to do a book for my boys. 
uh, when they were two, when they were six and six and four, uh, I remember my oldest came home and so I asked some questions about Michael Jackson, how to get his skin so light and all that stuff. And I was like, why do you want to know? And this is 21 years ago. And he was like, you know, there's a contest on TV. And if you win, you get to be one of the characters, but there are no brown characters. And I was mm. like, God, you know, I want my kids to see themselves yeah. as a character, but I want any other kid to see themselves as a character. So, you know, I came up with some simple words and then Terry, you know, blew the book just the artwork just blew it out the park and then you start realizing all the great people along the way the washington post printed up a bunch of them for free we gave them away to kids in the city and so that was 21 years ago uh, a couple of years ago two years ago uh this is the second part of my life and then this is kind of preaching but sometimes if you don't learn the lessons god's trying to teach you you do them over and over again but in different ways different stories and mm -hmm. so you know, I'm I'm hard. I've been hard hit, and I've had to learn some lessons again. And so I'm kind of repeating the same history. And I'm I'm walking around. I'm like, God, what am I supposed to do myself? You know, show me, show me where am I supposed to go? And I started reading Moses, Exodus four two, and God's saying, What's in your hands? And I'm like, You know, what's in my hands? And I think about this book, and I'm like, The kids' book has been sitting around. For all these years, I call up Terry. I was like, Terry, I want to do this book. I just want to put it out again, even if it's just to give it away. And he's like, no, man, let's let's do this. Let's do it right. I'll pay for everything. I'll make it happen. Wow. But let's do this thing 100%. Another guy called out of nowhere with augmented reality. And so we put augmented reality with the book, the children's book, and uh, came up with the book called Come Find Me, which, okay. we, which we republished uh, last year, two years ago, last year. And... Okay. Um, and uh you know that's that's the book Come wow, find me. and my boys are the characters and so you know they're 29 and 27 but it's a legacy and wow. it's also there's a second part of that moses story where god told uh moses you know throw the staff down and it became a snake and moses ran from it and for mm -hmm. me in my life, that's what I had been doing with a lot of stuff, with football, mm -hmm. with, with, with children's book. I didn't want to be known as a children's book writer. I write thrillers, suspense novels. I'm trying to write screenplays. I don't want to be known as just a kid's book writer. And so I've been running from it. And God told Moses, pick up the staff, pick up the snake by the tail. And it began to staff again. Me, I had to go and pick up these things by the tail and, and let them become what they were supposed to be. And then the second part of that was that God told Moses, you know, put 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 his hand in his in his in his, in his coat. It came out leprous. But that was kind of to teach Moses, you may control the staff, but I control the hand that controls the staff. Come on. And, and that's me, right? And God saying, okay, you write the books, but I control the hand that writes the books. So understand, mm -hmm. I can take that children's book or any children's book or anything that you do and make it into, you know, you could part the Red Seas. You could do some great things with it, but you have to trust and understand where that power comes from. And so that's kind of you know, giving you kind of a quick story uh, right there. But Terry Crews was that guy. And uh, it's amazing that 20 some years, you know, he's become a mega movie star. And you hear about people forgetting people and not talking to people and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, he's just been a great guy. He's always been, you know, even with the book, um, you know, someone puts his name first. He's like, no, that's Ken's book. You know, that's his boys. I mean, just a great guy and, and a friend. And so, uh, you know, really respect him and, and cherish that friendship. Sounds like he got uh, the, the spirit of the one we celebrate th this season, living and abiding on the inside of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been blessed, um, but I look at my life. If I if, 
if I'm if I'm be truthful, I, I'm looking at my life like Moses kind of right. Um, and when I say it, people are like, oh, you, you're not Moses, no point. I'm not saying that I'm Moses. I'm saying in a sense that I was like to me, I was like my stardom was football. Like Moses was a prince of Egypt, right? Then it, then it all stopped, and I've been wandering around for 20 some years trying to figure out what is the next thing? Where am I supposed to be? I had my visions of what I'm supposed to be doing. And then I had my burning bush moment of, of God saying, you know, me getting, finally getting breaking, getting hard headed and breaking and saying, okay, what am I supposed to do? And God saying, you know, what's in your hands? And I'm looking at some of the things that are in my hands. And so right now I'm in that process of, you know, whatever God is, is, is pushing me towards. Now I'm trying to say, okay, how can I be obedient to do that? And that's where I'm at right now is that, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the bush and he's saying, OK, I got something in store for you. But, um, you know, you can't you got to be obedient. If I tell you to like like Moses, circumcise your son, that's what you got to do. Uh, and that's where my life is right now. It's that point of saying, OK, God, I will be obedient. Hey, man, that's that's a good testimony. And as you were sharing that, I'm reminded Somewhere in the New Testament, it talks about how Moses forsook the treasures of Egypt and chose rather to suffer the affliction with the children of God, uh, knowing that God will, will, will deliver. So oftentimes, you know, we have to forsake the things of the world and follow the spirit of God wherever it is that he's leading us. Right. And, and that's a hard thing. Like, you know, sometimes people say, hey, just trust God. Right. And, and it's like if you don't know what that means, you know, it, it would be like for us calling a football play. And say, well, just do a cover two or just do whatever. And if you don't have any background behind it, if you don't understand it, then it, 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 it's a turn off more than anything sometimes because you don't know. And so we have to kind of explain when you say, OK, the spirit of God, what is the spirit of God? And how is that leading you? What is trusting in God? And what does that look like? And you start understanding and, and talking to people about those things. Then it becomes more uh, that you got an understanding of it. And, and part of it is, you know, studying yourself. But the Bible is, you know, there's so many things that you can read in there and, and, and you try to read it all. And sometimes it's just focusing on, you know, something, not everything, just focusing on something. So my my thing is, is has been that, you know, the, like the Moses story I'm, I'm trying to focus now on and I'm, I'm pull it up because I don't have it. Uh, down, but like in First Corinthians, I think it's twenty-seven. It says, "But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of the world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are that are, so that no one may boast before Him. And, and it is because of Him that you are in Christ. And so, I look at these kids' books. Uh, and I have a new one, and then we can talk about that later. But I look at these kids' books, and I'm saying, you know, who am I? There's a big old ex-football player trying to do kids' books. But the, and, and, and a book about finance, which I'm looking at myself saying, I know about finance because of my mistakes. <laughs> because of, and, and, and maybe maybe I'm the wrong person to talk to somebody about it. And then I read that scripture and say, you know what? God will take it and use it for his purpose. Uh, and so, um, and so I, I, I'm pushing it. And uh, saying, okay, God, I'm trusting you on it. So my other book, I'm pubbing it up here, is called The Me That Needs to Be, right? And it's kind of, it's a simple, I say a financial book, but it's like me going back in time. He's saying, if I, if I went back in time and I had a bunch of money, what would I tell my younger self? 
Yeah. And I would say, here's the basic of basics of finance, right? The here are three jars. You got a save jar, you got a give jar, you got a spend jar. If you got a dollar, you know, take a little bit and put in each of those jars and and make sure you there's a balance in your life. And when you start balancing it in your life, that's the foundation. The one issue that I look at is one, a lot of times we're not taught. You know, we're not taught generationally about finance. We're not because our parents don't know because we didn't know. We're not taught it necessarily in school. And you also there's an emotional IQ that people have to develop along the way. So there are a lot of books out there. The Secret Mind, Secret Secret Millionaire Mind. Uh, you know, there's so many other books that talk about your, your mental IQ. And it's more about, or emotional IQ, it's more it's like learning how to say no. You know, we know you, you get some money, uh, but all your life you've been taught give because when you were when you were growing up, your parents were giving everybody. And and it was a cycle. You know, you give, everybody help each other out along the week, and then payday, you celebrate, you eat well, and then you go through the same cycle again for the next month. So you get a bunch of money, but your mindset is still the same cycle. Give, give spend, spend, do whatever. End of the month, you're broke, waiting for that paycheck, get the paycheck, celebrate, spend, 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 and you go through the cycle again. No matter how much money, you can go through that cycle your whole life because that's what you've been taught. That's your belief, that's your mindset. And so it's learning, identifying, and breaking that uh, mindset. So this is, you know, with little kids books, probably again, it's a it's a starter, right? It's a it's a starter kit, and that's what we have to do. I think uh, if parents will take a little time to read to their kids, you know, that type of stuff. It's a good thing. Sorry, I'm just talking. No, well, that's, good. that's good. And, you know, and I'm just reminded of just being disciplined, being a good steward of of all that God has blessed us with, and that includes our our physical being, our our emotional uh, being, our spirit feeding, our spirit. Uh, more than we feed our, our flesh. We just have to be good steward, particularly in this time of this noble, noble, novel pandemic uh, that we're living in society. That's a good word. Thank you for sharing that, Kim. Well, the, the, the good thing is, uh, good and bad. So we're going through all this. And I, and, and unfortunately, I think that, you know, it's, it could get worse in, in a lot of different ways. But there are points of light that people need to see. And people need to see examples. And by your life, it's an example. Hopefully, by some of the stuff I do, and it's an example. Because in this darkness, people want to are going to need to hear. Uh, I got this good story. Your show right now. I, I have this. I can do this. I mean, you look at me and you say, "I'm fifty some years old, and it's never too late to try something. It's never too late to dream. It's never too late. I, I have all these self doubts, and I have to keep saying to myself, "All right, God put me here." You know, one, what lesson is he trying to teach me and, and where can he take me? I mean, it's all it's all in him. So yeah, um, there you go. Yeah. Thank you for those words of exhortation. I, I received that. And I, too, especially I mean, this year has obviously been unprecedented. It's been unpredictable and it's been very uncomfortable. But honestly, I've experienced some of the greatest breakthroughs of my life. And I think a lot of that is because there's a, there's a, you know, a time for every activity under heaven. And as gross darkness really does continue to cover the earth, we as, as sons and daughters of God have the opportunity to shine bright. And it's not our light. It's his light that is shining through us, Amen. you know, to Amen. really, right. you know, arise and shine for your light has come, look, right? Glory look, the Lord on all of us. Look at you two. I mean, I mean, how yeah. many people would 
dream of being able to do something with a family member. They're they're daughters who don't talk to their fathers. They're brothers and sisters who played each other. With this with this with this COVID, you know, people are realizing they're in the house together and they don't like each other. You know, and so this is either it's a curse or a blessing, right? And 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 it's all depending on how you see it. And so um, you guys are a prime example. And Thank you know, you. and you're doing this show by Zoom or by not Zoom by Streamyard. Yeah, but which is a prime example of, even though it seems like negative and something couldn't happen, here you are doing something instead of just letting it happen to you. Mm-hmm. You're taking steps, right? So it's, it's, a, it's a huge blessing. Look at God. Look at yeah. God. You know, I was reminded. Let me just when you were sharing that scripture in uh, in Corinthians about God uh, uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, yeah. right? Reminded, remember the story of Joseph, his uh, brother sold him into slavery. Yeah. And and Potiphar's wife uh, accused him of uh, of trying to uh, take advantage of her sexually. He ended up being in prison all those years. But God had a plan for Joseph. Joseph right. became second in command over the entire, uh, the most greatest nation in the world, Egypt, at that time, in a time of famine. Right. See, God knew what he was doing. Joseph held on to his faith. He still believed God. Yeah. And God yeah. raised him up. And when Joseph's brothers came to him for food and Joseph revealed who he was, what did he tell his brothers? He says, you may have meant it for evil, yeah. but God meant it for good. So yeah. sometimes what we may think is our greatest curse turns out to be our best blessing. Amen. Right. But, but, but you need to hear that story. People need to hear that story. And they don't always need to hear it where it's, it's so... It sounds so scripture based, right? Sometimes people need to hear it in, in the way that they can understand it. You know, you feed you get baby milk instead of meat, right? You got to You sometimes you got to give people baby food, and people sometimes come hard. But I think that story right there is like, okay, here's an example. Here's your life as an example of that. Here's my life as an example of that. And then you go back to the word and say, and here's proof. This is what it means. This is what God's done. And so that's uh, you know. That's that's what we're here for. Uh, and and believe me, I'm not I, I still got tons of things that God's working on. But, awesome. but yeah, glory and faith to faith. You know? Yeah. yeah. And, He'll be faithful to complete the work that he started in us, which is right. beautiful. Yeah. Right. Well, um, as we were just talking about testimonies, I wanted to share something that I was able to accomplish this year as well, which was to co-author a book. And actually, as we talk about, I know, right? So I'm sitting in, you know, the presence of somebody who has gone much further than me, but I'm grateful to, uh, you know, just be in this, in your presence and have this moment to talk more about your writing process. I know that you, um, you know, have published many books and I do want to talk about the me that I should be, the me that the, needs. The me that needs to be, yeah. And we definitely want to, um, you know, really give you some opportunity to unearth the, the spend, the save and the give, because I think that those are really powerful lessons right. for all of us. Right. They, they come up in the children's book, but something that we can all really internalize. But I wanted to just talk about testimonies as well, um, because that is the Bible says we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony that we would love not our lives unto death. So this book and for all of you who are still holiday shopping, 
I invite you to check it out at millennialtransformations.com. It is a compilation of 20 short stories of millennial women who went through an array of things in their lives. And they really talk about the power of prayer, the power of community, and the power of God's word to see their deepest pain transform into their highest potential. So um, just wanted to share that as well with all of our viewers. If you are still looking for stocking suppers and the power of a testimony. And this is the moment, this is the era that God has really, I believe, opened heaven and given us platforms that we can create ourselves to really share his light and his love with all of humanity. So so I'm, I'm gonna give you a quick little thing. Um, yeah. There was the, I went to some event, I think it was like last year. And this guy was, you know, people had their little book stands and they were selling stuff. And he gave me a book and I, you know, put it on the counter and didn't read it open it up and been reading it for the last couple of weeks. And okay. this book has been instrumental in helping try to change my life. Right. And so sometimes, you know, we, cause I, I, I had this issue, you know, so, sometimes we think, God, oh, it's the book is for everybody and hopefully everyone picks it up, but God puts it in the place of the people who need it. And sometimes they'll read it when they need it. And Absolutely. so, you know, we be faithful in what we do in your book. I mean, testimony is huge. People need to hear great stories. And just as we discussed here in the CNN Live, reading it, reading it, the good thing about reading, you can underline it, you can highlight it, you can always go back to it, you can you dig a little bit deeper. And so, you know, this this book that was 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 in my shelf, wasting away, that I pulled out and said, let me try to read something. Uh, has been changing my life. And so I, I suggest pick up your book. I don't know the story, but it's a good story. Um, hopefully my wife will write a book because her story is even more amazing than my story. And oh, she's just yeah. such a, uh, she's just such a good lady, uh, you know, way more than I deserve. So there we go. But you know, at the beginning of the show, you did talk about, you ended up going to your college because she was there. So did you all meet in college? So we met at my junior college. Okay. So this is like 35 years ago. We met at my junior college. Congratulations. Uh, it, it, long, funny, funny story. I mean, we, well, one, on our wedding day, we were mad at each other. So we were saying I do's angry and, and, uh -oh. and angry at each other. Everybody thought, you know, these, these guys aren't going to last. Uh, the, the proposal was was that I did was, wasn't, wasn't even really a proposal. I mean, it was all sorts of things. But, you know, we've been weathered, we've weathered through and, uh, you know, got, do we have two, we have two, we have, we had three kids. Our first child passed away from SIDS. Uh, but our uh, second two, you know, love them to death and they're good kids. And, uh, you know, that's that's it. So that's yeah. the Harvey family. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing with us. So how, how many years have you and your wife been married? We've been married 31 wow. uh, together, 35. Accomplishment. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah. No, I. <laughs> Well, long long as uh, long as she stay deaf, dumb, and crazy, I'm good to she'll stay married to me. <laughs> Just a joke. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. So I know we've been able to, um, you know, chat about our faith as well. And I'd like for you to just really share, um, you know, how faith has played a role throughout the tapestry of your life in both those mountain high moments and some of the valley low ones that you said you experienced after you ended your 11 year career. Well, I mean, for me, so I was the same, the lesson of, if, if you put it like side by side, my dropping out of high school and that pattern, it's exactly the same thing I'm going through now. 
side by side and it's like sometimes you know you want to click yourself in the head but you, you say god is trying to teach you something right maybe that you know at the, when i when i retired it wasn't the way i wanted to um i wasn't the best person at that moment and 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 so here you are back in the same boat and you say okay god what are you trying to teach me um and and so you start learning that the highs have been man when you're there um being humble is 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 not being afraid being humble is knowing you have the power to but choose not to because you know this is what god wants you to do it's knowing that that like moses was hum was the most humble person because he knew that without god none of the stuff that he was doing he could do, he couldn't do on his own mm -hmm. uh but he had the power to do it and, and and not being humble is thinking well this is all on me I think I got to that point where I'm thinking this is all on me. You hear your name and, oh, it's Ken Harvey. Oh, it's Ken Harvey walking down the street. Oh, you still look like you can play. Mm -hmm. uh, when I stopped playing football, my little private battle was I'm walking around. And as much as everybody said, oh, it looked like you could play, in my mind, it was like, man, you failed again. You quit again. And the devil was beating me up. And and I, I, I went through that by myself a lot my wife had to deal with most of it and you know you hear about players going through depression i mean i was probably walking depression for years because i didn't know what to do and where to go and you're trying everything and you have these visions you know same thing to make you great in football is the same thing that could destroy you right that pride mm -hmm. that you know you want to be the best and so you think you're supposed to be the best business person you're supposed to be the whatever you think it's supposed to be automatic and so you're kind of wandering around and so like i said for 20 years uh, you know, on the outside, I'm looking good, but then on the, on, on the, you start looking in the crevice and you start saying, well, well, dang, isn't that, isn't that suit like five years old? I saw him in that suit. Like, isn't that, if he's made all that money, how's he, why is he driving in this car? You start seeing all those things. And in my life, it's the embarrassment of saying, God, how low have I come? Have I gotten to? But then you look back and you start trying to read focus and say, okay, you know what? My trust is not in those things. It's in God. Amen. My Amen. wife is my biggest encourager. And so you start saying, I got to appreciate that and, and, and be blessed. We have uh, a lot of the people in the church and I ran away from the church for, for a long time wow. um, because, you know, I just angry, I guess, and embarrassed. And so, you know, you start realizing that you can't blame people you have to dig yourself and you have to start finding out yourself and God will speak to you directly. And it may not be like my wife can hear God audibly for me. I got to read and, you know, in this circumstances or, or, or maybe something will happen and then be attuned to it because things happen all the time every day. And you don't realize that that's God because you're not attuned to it. Us doing this show because of a kid's book, right? Because of a kid's book that I ran away from the, the, the ability of writing, I run away from and God's like, look, I've gotten you now. You're doing a show. Um, I write other stuff. I write thriller suspense novels. I'm trying to write screenplays and, and plays. And uh, if you look at my writing, you'll be like, so what school did you go to? I mean, I'm, I got the great ideas, but I don't know if I'm the best writer. And that, But that's why God will put people that will edit stuff and help you move it along. And so, um, so you know, here I am and, and uh, just trying to continue on this journey and figure out, uh, you know, what, I'm, what, what, what is, what is my purpose and how can I do it to please God? 
You know, as you were, uh, share, thank you for sharing that. I, yeah. I can so relate. Yeah. Uh, you go throughout your life uh, playing organized sports and you have the relationship with the players. Um, as an NFL player, you're a celebrity. You're making millions of dollars. You know, you, you form these relationships. Everybody knows you in the community. So all of a sudden, one day that's, that all stops. That all stops and you look at, around and you look at yourself and, you know, what's next for me? What more can I do? Um, and there is a, a sense of uh, of just kind of being left behind and, and kind of, uh, you know, the pain of not not having the, the gifts uh, physically that we once had when we played in the NFL. And and what I've learned, you know, trying to fill that 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 hole deep down in our hearts, only Christ can fill that only Christ can fill that hole. And that's why it's all the more important that we hear the word. Uh, we study, as you said, study the word. Uh, a workman that needed not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth um, and just living the word, not only studying it and knowing it intellectually, but living God's word. Amen. And I believe that's how you're able to hear that still small voice of God. He's always speaking all the time. Right. And, 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 and just like playing ball, having the right teammates with you. Right. Like yeah. your daughter is, is, is right there. Chin yon. Amen. I got you. And there's nothing like that yeah. feeling when we played. You know, there's nothing like that feeling of if someone knocked you down, your teammate pulling you back up. Yeah. There's nothing like knowing that someone, if there's a fight, they got your back. And so uh, we need the teammates. And for me, like I said, I I, I start off a loner, played football, became a celebrity, stopped playing football, became the loner for the most part again, and okay. just having to start to realize that it's 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 about relationship as well It's your relationship with christ It's your relationship with your brothers around yeah. you and uh and that's a big part of it as well absolutely and you know as you all are both speaking the first scripture that comes from we often quote but truly we are living epistles of this that god really does take all things and he works them together for our good and his glory because we love him and have been called according to your purpose. And Ken, that's been true, called according to his purpose, excuse me. And Ken, that's been true throughout, you know, your entire life, Dad. I know that's been true for you as well. So it is just an honor, honestly, to be with you all and to be a part of this platform for you all to share your stories and for other people to really be blessed by your testimonies and to kind of get an opportunity to see some of the intricacies behind, you know, being on the football field with hundreds of thousands of screaming fans you know there's another side to that success so i thank you both for your transparency and for being willing to share but as i mentioned uh god taking every all things and working them together for our good and his glory i do want to talk about the need that needs to be it's your latest book project it really does highlight and underscore very uh essential tools that we need in our communities and, and like you mentioned uh, really planting those seeds and having those conversations with our children so that they can grow up and those seeds will begin to, you know, bear fruit, both spiritually and naturally. So can you talk to us about the book? And right. So, so, so uh, one, the book simple is, is kind of uh, me going back in time, talking to the younger me uh, and saying, look, if I, if I gave you a bunch of money, what would you do with it? And the younger me is like, ah, you know, I spend it on this, this and that. <laughs> and then you go back to the, to the football player me and say, well, if I give you a bunch of money, what would you do with it? And say, look, I'm a superstar. I do, I do whatever I want to. And then going forward in time and, and talking to the older me and say, look, I've given you the principles, you know, save, give, spend, you know, basic principles throughout time. Now that you're older, did you learn that lesson? And hopefully in the book, yeah, learned the lesson. Finally, you learned the lesson. And so that's the the goal is that you start planting the seeds. But, you know, like 
the apprehension I had with this book at one time was because, you know, there are a lot of people struggling right now. There are a lot of people out of work. There are a lot of people who are hurting and, 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 and don't have. But then I, I, I look at my book, my own book, and I'm like, okay, you know what? There's a part of by giving because when you have, you can't help others. You know, that's that's the that's the goodness of it is that you can help others. You also need to take care of yourself. Uh, and then you also need to save because you will get older and things may change. And so, uh, you know, you want to start learning. But I, I do go back to the point and say that a lot of it is what we're taught. You know, mm -hmm. my parents and when you grew up, you know, this is a while back. But if you grew up uh, during my time, my parents, we never went to the bank. Only thing I saw was was, you know, almost being fearful of the bank, not trusting mm -hmm. people with money. It was something that wasn't discussed. It was always trying to get by. And those things become seeds in your life that become generational, right? And that, and they their parents didn't do it because, you know, they were probably lynched if they would try to save money or they were burnt out their homes or, you know, stuff like that. So those generational curses stay in the generation and they keep getting passed along. Uh, I asked my, my one of my sons yesterday, I was like, you know, I, I never we never really taught you about finance no about saving about anything like that what we did teach them was you know working at an early age nothing was given nothing was guaranteed but they said well they learned it through school and through their friends but not every kid has that opportunity and so we have to we have to break that curse and start teaching our kids just the basic fundamentals um, you know we talked about tithing in church you know the bible talks about tithing and you say, well, why do I need to give to the church? But it's a fundamental training of learning how to give. And it, the other stuff comes, you know, you give a little bit and it comes in different ways and different formats. But you're developing that discipline of giving, uh, of, of saving. You're developing discipline as a whole. And so, you know, the book is just a simple way. And that's what I've kind of looked at in life is that you can plant seeds in our own ways. Right. And there's nothing, go back to the what's in your hand. There's nothing that's too small. If you cook dinner for your kids, for your family, and you think, well, I'm just cooking, you're not just a cook. That's the time when everyone gets around the table and gets a chance to talk. If if you're cutting the grass, there may be a chance for you to cut the grass with your son. And there's a chance that you can talk to him and work with him. So we all have gifts and abilities. My book is called The Me That Needs To Be. Again, and and it's uh, it's on I'll Amazon. Again, so we can really see it. And we'll make sure that we also drop the link um, it, in Amazon because I know it's available on Amazon. Yeah, it's on Amazon. I don't know. You see some of the pages. Very nice. And you know what? It's 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 planting the seeds, but on my side, as I see it, it's like one God saying, "One, you're never too old to okay. to, to do anything." Your gifts, if I've given you these gifts, you know, I've yeah. given them for you to use. Amen. Don't run away from them. Don't be afraid of them. Don't be embarrassed of them. I've given them to you to use. And then uh, trust me with it. Amen. Because, because, like I said, you know, my biggest fear is like, who am I to tell somebody about finance? Uh, but strangely enough, I, I also work with a wealth management company. So that okay. I, that's part of my job. Oh, they, they're partnering with me. So I partner with this wealth management company. And I'm like, who am I to talk about finances when I've done such a horrible job with mine? But we just talked about how God can use the foolish things of this world to, to change everything. And so that's a scripture that keeps me even to the point of bragging about the book. 
as opposed to just kind of letting it go and saying, well, this is the time where everybody's struggling and everybody's, you know, not everybody wants to talk about money. Why would somebody want to buy my book? And I just say, you know, God, I'm trusting you. Maybe it's a seed for somebody's life. Maybe it'll be on their shelf for two or three years and then they'll pick it up like me and they'll say, you know what? This is a good book. All right. I like it. So. Well, yeah, I know I definitely want to purchase a copy for my nephew and my godchildren because yeah, it is absolutely. very important, yeah, that absolutely. we start having these conversations within the young. And like you said, planting those seeds. And although we've seen generational curses, I thank God that we are the ones that are bringing forth generational blessings. And well, your book and your work is a, is a tremendous part of that. Well, you know, uh, we talked talking to uh, Lewis off camera the other day, and we talked about, you know, you start looking at, athletes and their kids right and you start seeing that a lot of athletes kids do well because they've been given some opportunities that others don't get you know they get a chance to see different places my sons travel to different places they've been around people with money you know and they get a chance to see some of these things and so you know you can't just say well you should just pick up yourself by the bootstrap because it's not always that easy if you've never if you never had boots to pick yourself up with, you know, it's not that easy. And so, um, and so the reality is, is that you have to take whatever you can to make something great out of it. But like the slaves did before, you know, you barbecue, you know, well, the meat wasn't good. Well, we just put some barbecue sauce on it and make it taste better, even though it wasn't, even though it's, the food may not be good. And all of a sudden it tastes great and everybody loves barbecue. Well, it started because it was something that people were throwing away, the bad parts of the meats, all that type of stuff. And so you can take junk. Once again, God can take junk, what you think is junk, and turn it into a five-course meal. And, uh, you know, that's probably the lesson in life. Hallelujah. Now you're preaching. He specializes. He specializes in taking those that are, like you say, the foolish things of the world, those that are forgotten, those that are marginalized, those that society throws away. And he... What does he do? He brings them into his kingdom, fills them with his spirit, and then he puts them on display for the world to see so that he alone can get all the glory. Right. Well, like, look, me writing a kid's book, yeah, that, that's straight God, right? Because, you know, for me, I'm kind of like, okay, who am I to write a, a kid's book? I know why I did it, but, but you know, why would someone buy a book from me? Uh, I've gotten such great response from it, you know, already. It's a wonderful and so, and yeah. one of our one of our uh, listeners, one of our viewers, Shirley uh, Montague, Montague. Thank you, Shirley. Says excellent testimony. I'll be sure to purchase the book. So yeah. there you go. You got one person that's going to buy the book. <laughs> you know what? The one, the one. That, you start with one, right? And right. He leaves the ninety nine for the one, right? But I'm sure, and we just pray blessing of great magnitude over this book. We know that the Lord is going to use it to bless generations um, of individuals and really plant those seeds so that we can experience those generational blessings that I mentioned earlier. Ken, we've got a few more moments here, um, and I know you know we all have experienced the collective grief, right? That is 2020 uh, together. But as we are just in the last 10 days of the year, 11 days, if you could just share any exhortation and you've already shared so much from your heart, which we are truly grateful for, but a message of hope, a message of inspiration, something um, that will encourage our viewers as they are wrapping up this very tough year and setting their sights on what is to come next year. Well, look, it's... Uh... The reality is, is that there's always both sides of the coins, right? The devil's going to try to get you to the, 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 the look at all the negatives and instead 
You need to find the positives because God has put so many things out there. This show uh, that we're doing and everybody who's doing social media, you know, for us, for me to have to fly out there, you know, back in the day, I had to fly out there and, you know, all this money to do that. Now we can do it on camera and we can talk and the show is going on. There's opportunities out there. And if there's prayer, pray that God opens your eyes so that you can see all the, all the opportunities and, and, and the ways to bless people. And, don't be ashamed of the small beginnings. And this, I give my wife all the credit for this. She would always say, don't be ashamed of the small beginnings. Don't be ashamed that, you know, if you can't read, and if you're a father and you can't read, you know, I'm not the best reader. If you can't read, read a children's book to your kids. They'll grow up wanting to read because you planted the seed in their lives, right? Don't underestimate yourself because in the smallest thing could be the greatest thing that can make a difference. Uh, another quick thing real quick is that I'm also a coach of this congressional football game. We have about 30 Congress members, Democrats and Republicans on the same team playing okay. flag football against Capitol Hill police. Who would have thought a dropout in high school would be coaching Congress well, members on the got. same team and they're, they're communicating with each other, right? right? Because now I get to talk to them like coaches. I'm yelling at them, you know, get together. Y'all got This is teamwork. And the same principles that we learned about teamwork, you're talking to these members. You know, how would that happen? How did that happen? It's me and, uh, I don't know if you remember John Booty. He played with the- uh, with the, Of course I remember Booty. Yeah. Booty, yeah. He's, my, he's my co-captain. And- uh, I've seen you guys on Facebook. Right, and so it's like, man, I, I, sometimes I look and I say, how did this happen, right? But God can take, and it's not just because you're a football player. Anybody could write a book, you know. If that's what you want to do, do it. Do it. Do even if it's just for your kids or grandkids. Do it. If it's cooking a meal, I mean, the, the world is out there. Technology is out there. I'm gonna cook a, a meal for my wife. I'm gonna learn some recipe off of YouTube. So anything's and, possible now, right? Anything with the God, all things are possible. There you he go. Not His own Son, but freely delivered Him up for us all. How she not? How shall he not with them also freely give us all things? Well, you got way more scripture memorized than me, my friend. I'm, well, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like thumbing through trying to find like, what is that? What is we, that have, we just talked about don't despise humble beginnings or small oh, I know. Start, I start somewhere. And when we really discipline ourselves in the word, it does, you know, flow out like rivers of living water. So. God has delivered me. God has set me free. God has given me a new life. Yes. God has given me relationships with my children, with my friends, with people like you. I give him all the praise, honor, and glory. It's the reason we celebrate, because God Amen. loved us so much that he brought his son down from heaven to die on the cross of Calvary so that we could be live eternally with him. Amen. Amen. So, yeah. Uh, thank you, guys. This is, uh, you know. One, one last thing, Kenny. Just uh, you're getting some uh, messages here. Dr. Dominique Perry says this is the perfect time for a book like this. Many families are resetting financially. Amen. Yep. Well, I mean, it's, it, it is it. I mean, look, there's well, one like so I, I do life and health insurance, right? People looking at lives and stuff like that. But yeah. it, it is an opportunity to reset. Even in the midst of all this, you can say, oh, we don't have or you can say, OK, look, as we get this is what we need to do, you know, and, and it's just this is a basic thing. But then you start having those deeper conversations. You know, what 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 is, a, you know, what do you want to 
out of life? What are you trying to get as far as education? What are the jobs of the future? How would you invest your money? Is it real estate? Is it through investments? Is it just putting it in the bank? You know, what do you want to do? And you start planting these seeds and each year you just start building. And that's, uh, you know, that's what we do. We're going to buy your book and we're going to give it to uh, my grandson, my first and only grandson, Elias Mateo Sharp. He's going to be two years old on the nice. 20th of uh, next month. 22nd. 22nd. And, uh, and this will be a, a groundbreaking uh, experience for his mind. Uh, thank you. you from, uh, and we thank you for uh, the book and for your service in, in the community. And thank you so much for being on our show, Kenny. Yeah, you, you, you'll, you'll be able to tell me, be like, the, the guy that wrote this book, I used to beat him up all the time in practice. This, <laughs> this. And then we ended up playing against each other. And he yeah. beat up when we played the Washington football team. There you um, go. Correctly. Hey man, you look look when you when you get paid to do a job, do it do it well. Amen, <laughs> I'm trying to do it. Well, well, we love you, brother. Uh, say hello to Janice and, uh, and thank you guys. Uh, you guys are, are a wonderful light, a testimony uh, in the community, and certainly uh, appreciate. We'll keep you in our prayers as you will hopefully keep us in yours. And what, where do you, where are you guys living at now? West Bloomfield, West Bloomfield, Michigan, just outside Detroit. Okay. Yeah, it's a little too cold for me to come up there. I ain't got... uh, Washington, are you in, Ken? I'm in I'm in Northern Virginia in Ashburn, Virginia. So uh yeah. Y'all might have to come here because it's cold up in there. <laughs> you got that right. It is quite frigid. But yeah. uh, again, thank you so much for joining us and all of our Facebook friends and family. We appreciate your love and support per usual. We want to wish you and your family a very safe, happy, healthy, and blessed Christmas. Like thank you talked about all throughout, Jesus is the reason for the season. So we just pray that the love of God, the grace of Jesus, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit would be with you and your families. Ooh. Speaking peace and goodwill. I'm sorry, Ken, did you have something you wanted to add? Real, real quick, I got an idea. I'm, 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 I wrote a I wrote a screenplay, uh, okay. Lewis, or both you guys. I'll send it to you. Take a okay. look. It'd be, it'd be interesting to see. I mean, it needs to be rewritten and all that stuff, but it'd be interesting to see your guys' take on it. Yes, We'd be more than happy you to get our email up. address. Be happy yeah. to take a look at it and give you our, our thoughts and opinion on it. Be be and gentle though. Yeah, I, I too. We'll work I, together and do great things for God's kingdom. I cry easy, so be gentle. Don't send it back with highlights and notes. And <laughs> thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. Be blessed. All right, brother. Peace and